I think I'm playing chess, I see a king, I'm at his neck. I'm three steps ahead of every move, now that's a check. Yes, they wanna know my secret, it's because I never slept. All my nightmares of me at 40, life's a wreck. See my uh, dad. What is up, everybody? <laughs> what up, everybody? Fernando Petty here, UBO Podcast. Right here in the studio with Alan Kintervich. Dude, what is up, man? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yes. The good old audience. Studio audience. We are here with Quincy Beach. Woo! The one and only. The one and only. <laughs> Quincy Beach. It's funny because when we met Billy Beach, he told us a funny story. You were there with us. Yeah. He's like, I took my wife's last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's like, what a good name. Billy Beach is like, I'm a marketing guy. That's a good name for marketing. Yep. 100%. I'm like, yes, it is. That is a good name for marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that first I time mean, I heard that too, I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, actually, <laughs> I probably do the same thing. You can't really blame them. Yeah. It was either I was Quincy Schuler or he was Billy Beach, and it just made a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. Beach all day. Yeah. yeah. I kind of told him name. that. I was like, honey, I love you, but I think I'm going to say Quincy Beach. Schuler? <laughs> Schuler? No, no, but it's good, though. Okay. It's all good. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. We are here in the studio, and we have Quincy here. Quincy, you are one of the newest members to the team, Team EVO, and uh, you are a top producing agent came from the brokerage mm-hmm. and uh we are happy to have you thank you yeah i'm stoked to be here honestly yeah totally new change of pace much better situation i feel like we all vibe really well so i'm yeah. super stoked about it yeah yeah we're really excited to have you here uh what are you drinking alan <laughs> <laughs> compliments uh from what quincy over here we got what 1942 over here yeah we don't mess around yeah toasting to 1842 right <laughs> no 19. 1942 1942 oh, right. that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> all right uh yeah so anyways we're here on the podcast and uh we committed to do this thing every single week and we're really happy now because i feel like we're back on track and uh we have you in the studio today so we definitely want to find out a little bit about you because uh quincy i feel like we know you a little bit but we don't know you a whole lot right we've hung out together we've partied together and we've you know been doing business here together and working together, which has always been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to get to know Quincy Beach before real estate. All right. Okay. Cool. Let's do it. Do you have the Kleenex, Daniel? No? Okay. Oh, you do? <laughs> you had it? Oh, shit. You brought napkins. Oh, he really did. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, my God. You really put them there for me? You think I'm going to cry? <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> so where are you from? I was born and raised in Utah. Yep. I've lived here my whole life. I uh, grew up in Rose Canyon, up in Harriman, before Harriman was Harriman. Like all the way up in BFE. So you go all the way to Rose Canyon, almost to Butterfield Canyon. We lived in a small little cabin. It was a two-bedroom house. My parents converted it. It was actually like a, a studio-style cabin, and it had a two-car garage attached to it. They they blew all that out and put it into two bedrooms, and then we built a, a big garage. But I grew up on two and a half acres up there, but there were there was nobody around. Like the closest neighbor was a, a jaunt. <laughs> it was quite wow. a ways away. So I didn't grow up with a ton of friends out there, obviously, since there just wasn't a ton of people. And making that drive from all the way up in Harriman down to where I went to elementary school, which is in Bluffdale, so you can imagine the drive every morning my parents had to do to get me there. But yeah, so not having a ton of friends, I grew up with animals and that that's basically been my whole life since. Yeah, we, we talked about that when you first came and, and you said that you used to be a... Uh what is it called when, when you like dance with the horses or race with the horses or what, what do you get? What do you guys do with the horses? No, my dad's a professional horse trainer for the American Paint Horse Association and the American Quarter Horse Association on some things. He trains all different types of horses, but I literally got on a horse at two days old. Literally, he'd like put me up on the horse. We had to have the family picture of me being up there. So I've grown up on horses my whole life. I have um, I've been showing horses my whole life. 
I stopped when I got a little bit older. Um, but yeah, I've got three world championships doing that. So what, what is that? What is it called though? The profession? <clears throat> I mean, it's hard to say. It's just, you show horses is basically okay. the way that you say it. You can say that you're an equestrian. Most people think when you say you're an equestrian that you do like dressage where the horses kind of dance. dance and, yeah. yeah. That yep. kind of thing. So that's not really what we do. We do more of just like a, a Western pleasure and English equitation. And that's what I was like. Western pleasure. That's, <laughs> that's what the like, word you're Western waiting for. Yeah, you're that's waiting the one. for that one. I was waiting for that one. Western <laughs> pleasure. Sounds yeah. so Sounds so sensual, huh? It is. <laughs> it, it is. It's all about the movement of the horse while you're riding them. So yeah. it has nothing to do with you and the way you ride, but it has everything to do with the way that their confirmation is and the way that they move. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's big in, not the Western pleasure, but, <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, the making the horses dance is big in the Versace. Latin cult culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of the Mexican singers do it and they dance with the horse when they're mm -hmm. singing and drinking probably 1942. Probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's pretty popular. So I grew up around that a little bit. We used to go to a lot of rodeos as a kid. Fun. We'd go to the, the big Mexican rodeos, which were wild because they'd Those have people from the audience come and jump on the bulls just to practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We saw some really fucked up stuff, man. I can imagine. Yeah, we saw guys get dragged against the fences and their yeah. heads bouncing off the walls. Yeah, <laughs> My brother actually came. He went into a, it was like a competition and it was to ride sheep. Mutton busting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and he thing. crushed it. They they had to pull him off this poor goat or sheep or whatever the hell you call Aww. it. And Wait, he, people actually ride sheep? He Kids locked do. on to this thing so, Wait, so hard. Wait, was he in a, like an adult man? No, the he kid. was he was a kid. We okay. were like, okay. he's probably about eight yeah, years like, old. Yeah, eight and under yeah. is usually what it is. Yeah, okay. and he just, when they pulled him off, he had his hands full of the wool. He he just like, that <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that poor animal, man. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. But no, we used to love those things. We went all the time, you know, as kids. Yeah. Um, just the whole ambiance of partying and music and the horse riding. I didn't really get, you know, too much into it. I was so little, but I remember going a lot and there was a lot of people. People are really into that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder what Peter thinks about that. They don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, that's the thing, though, with with rodeo animals, they're specifically bred to do that. Yeah. So just like you have horses that are bred for dressage, you have horses that are bred to be like bucking horses. Like that's yeah. what they do. So they honestly have the most laid back job ever. They go out and they work for literally like eight seconds. They get put back in the trailer. Maybe they do it once or twice a night, get put back in the trailer and they take out to this like beautiful pastures and they have the highest vet care available. Like, honestly, they're they're treated really well. Yeah. Pretty good life yeah. right there. Was, I, I thought so. Yeah. So Quincy, when you look at Quincy and you look at her Instagram and you look at her in real estate because you're crushing it in real estate. You do really well in real estate. And and you just look at the whole Well, the funny thing is actually right, right before we even began filming, she's actually over here writing up an offer. She's like, hey, I'm, I'm yeah, going to put an offer. She's good. Yeah. crushing it, man. Yeah, you, you do good. But when, when, when you look at somebody like Quincy, you think, oh, Quincy probably grew up with money. You know, probably was handed every. You know, you, you, that's just mm -hmm. a common thing here in, in, in Utah. You know, but when you hear about you, lived, you grew up in a cabin. Mm -hmm. You know, in the not in the east side, mm -hmm. but on the west side. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Way <laughs> out west. Different, it's a different west environment. Side. When I think of cabin on the west side, I think yeah, kind of like rural area. Maybe a little bit of that. What's that horror game with the zombies and like western? Dan, you probably know about it. Red, red dead redemption right away. <laughs> yeah, I knew he would. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I think of. Um, but this was in Harriman years ago. I mean, how old yeah. are you right now? You're 31? I'm 31. You're 31 years older. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but you grew up here your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Lived here my whole life. Perfect. So All what over. were you doing? Because we talked about it. You used to be a barista. I was. Yeah. That yeah. was my very first job. My first job at 15. I got a job at Beans and Brews. <laughs> well, actually, was it 15? I don't know. 15, 16. Got my first job there. 
uh, lasted at that particular establishment for a solid three months because my boss was crazy and I was like oh my god this is my introduction to the freaking workforce like I can't I can't do this but I had a good friend that uh my mom she knew him and he was opening up a coffee shop on the next exit over and it was brand new and he's like hey I would love for you to come work for me I'm brand new 16 year old kid I'm like sure I'd love to do it let's do it so started there and and stayed in that position till I was 21 and after after that, there, you know, rest is history for coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I want to know that. I want to know that history. The rest is not history. Listen, <laughs> so twenty one. Yeah. When, when when you left that, you told me you went to school. So you you were in school with, for dance, right? You, yeah. you did the whole dance thing, and you went to college. You went to University of well, Utah Valley University. Yep, I went to Utah Valley University. I went to Riverton High School. Was on the dance team. I was choreographer for my dance team. I ended up getting the Sterling Scholar Award. Um, I've always worked my fucking ass off for everything, honestly. It's kind of like you were talking about, like, people probably look at my Instagram and think that, yeah, she does get everything handed to her, but dude, (laughs) I've worked for literally everything, everything. I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college, which I paid for on my own dime. I did not get a single student loan. I had three jobs supporting myself, putting me through school. I, uh, I worked as the barista, and then I had, like, odd jobs that I would do on the side to try to make more money, and then I was a dance teacher as well. So. Wow. A lot. So dance teacher, uh, little kids. Yep, little kids. Yeah, little kids. Yep, used to teach little kids dance, and it was adorable. I'd go to the dance competitions and do the whole thing, but it was a lot of commitment because I was, you know, at the coffee shop at five thirty in the morning working all day, and I would try to get my my school work done when it was slow times. I'd go take my classes after that, and I'd drive down to Utah Valley because I worked in Riverton. I'd drive to Utah Valley, take my classes in the afternoon, leave there, try to find some food, head to the dance studio, teach all night, and then do the rest of my homework, and then get up and do it again. Wow. So it was it was a grind for a while commitment we love that about <clears throat> the agents who take all the opportunity we provide mm-hmm. right because if they have that mentality they usually take all the opportunity we provide yep and they crush it yep they do you know they crush it um and i feel like some people they do they take they take the opportunity the advantage of you know the opportunities given to them and a lot of people don't you know um <clears throat> that's actually, by the way i want to actually mention we pretty much have almost an identical story when it comes down to it. we both got into introduced to works workforce uh, with coffee, you worked at Beans and Brew. I worked at Starbucks for a few years. Um, then after that, you know, the, the dancing. I did the dancing too. I did the dancing too. But it's just you know, same thing. Like I feel like all of us here, we all come. I feel like from such humble, humble beginnings, mm-hmm. and I think almost everybody that we, within the team, etc., is they are so driven and they're so passionate about wanting to make a better life for them, their families, and. You know, some had some had a, an opportunity, other, other people don't. But I feel like everybody just crushing it. You know, okay, they all want to just do, you know, succeed in life at yeah. a whole other level. You know, and then it comes out, come down to you know, you were the first one to graduate in your whole family, college, etc. You know, same here as well. You know, yeah. it's a big accomplishment. So good job. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you were going to UVU. Yep. You graduated. What'd you graduate with? I actually left UVU and went up to Weber State. Um, I moved in with my dad, and that's kind of when I started the whole horse thing again. So after that thing had happened with dance and I lost my scholarship, random fucking stories. I, did, I should say I didn't lose my scholarship. Let me just preface this. Yeah. So that was a previous conversation. I had my dance scholarship for one year. I also had an academic scholarship for four years. It was offered. I took the academic, obviously, for four years. And um, after getting a 4.0 of my first two t- semesters, they pulled my scholarship for lack of funding. So when that happened, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from dance. I'm going to take a break from everything else. Like I was, I was a little bit sad that I didn't get to participate in dance when I probably should have. And I left and went up and moved in with my dad and got my new horse and 
I, uh, I started doing rodeo queen pageants, which was <laughs> kind of crazy. You probably, I don't know if I've shown you, you have pictures. pictures. I do Give have us some pictures. pictures. <laughs> we'll put it up. Yeah, put it up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I'll send you a picture. Do you have like, like the 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 leather jacket with little stringies on them? What are they oh, called? Oh, 100%. Called? I had a full leather dress. What are they called? Fringe. Fringe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that uh, I had all uh, the outfits. <laughs> remember that jacket I sent to Alan about? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one I told you to buy your designer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I feel like you're going to put that picture up too now. Yeah, the, I think he would love that as a gift. Oh, I know he, I I know think he, he would. Should, but maybe it's some leather chaps too. Yeah. yeah Did you wear the chaps too? Is that how 100%. it works? Yeah. What, is that, what the hell yeah. is that for? To, so, to protect you from the horse? I mean, it's it's more so at this point for what I did. It was just like a looks thing. Yeah. Um, you don't really necessarily need them for anything. When you're a cowboy, you kind of want to have them so you have some extra protection. But when you're out showing, it's just for looks. That is so crazy. I've been on a horse one time in my life. That's it? Just one time. It was like in a little circle that like controlled, you know, that thing. <laughs> and I was a big kid too. I think oh I was like wait, 13. he put you on a pony ride, you mean? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> a <little laughs> pony ride, yeah. <laughs> poor poor pony. <laughs> yeah, fuck that horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but oh. getting back to the to, you know, to the whole reason why we're here. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, we look at you and we see, wow, Quincy is doing so good for herself, she's crushing it in life. You know, but we want to find out, number one, where does that drive come from? You know, and I know we talked about this with a lot of our guests when they talk about their upbringing, their parents and the circumstances they went through as kids. You know, we talked about some stuff in your family in the past mm -hmm. and uh, you've had a lot of challenges in life. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people have. Yeah. Right. And people don't wear their challenges on their sleeve. So you don't really know. Mm -hmm. That's why we love this podcast. It's so important because we get to know that side of people that no one gets to see. Mm -hmm. You know, and we get to see them being vulnerable, which is very important. You yeah. know, that's what this podcast is about. So all real, nothing off limits, mm -hmm. right? Um, but let's get into when you're a little bit older, because I know that you stopped riding horses. Mm -hmm. And when did you decide, hey, I want to get into real estate? Honestly, it was after I married Billy. <clears throat> so I, I didn't really have intention of becoming a real estate agent ever. I always knew that I was destined for greatness. Everybody always told me that Quincy Beach is a celebrity name. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. Like, I'm going to make that happen. So I always knew that I was pushing to kind of get into that world somehow. So like my odd jobs through the rest of school, I was finishing at Weber State. I worked up at Park City at a, the Stag Lodge at a private restaurant that only the people that lived there could go to. And I would go and work in like high-end places like that. And then I worked for the Diesel Brothers for a while on uh, Discovery Channel. Yeah, so yeah. I worked for them for a while trying to like find my niche and find my place mm -hmm. where it, you know, was best for me. Um, but honestly, like it, it, it really stems from one thing that my grandpa said to me when I was younger. And it was just whatever you do, just make sure you can take care of yourself and one other person. And so that was like my driving force, no matter what I was doing and whatever job I had, I was always pushing to like be the best I could so that I could take care of myself and one other person. So if I could financially provide for me and one other person that I'd fucking made it at that yeah. point. Yep. But once I had gotten to that point, I didn't make it anymore. I was like, you know what? I can take care of myself and another person and another person and another person. And I want to start taking care of not only me, but being like my level of what I had viewed as success, I had, you know, surpassed that multiple times. I'm like, I just want to keep going. So I think that really was what it is, is thinking about taking care of other people rather than just myself and making sure that I was always forward thinking and thinking of a, a space with my heart and, and thinking about others more so than myself. And I think that's really what's just pushed me in all those directions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we started, um, <clears throat> when you started working here, I thought to myself like, Hey, you know, we really need to start looking at utilizing people on the team to be almost like a spokesperson for the brand, you know, to help drive uh, brand recognition, which I feel like a lot of companies don't really look at. Um, and also uh, recruiting, 
right? Mm-hmm. And uh, helping us with certain things, that, certain challenges, certain uh, mm-hmm. ventures were going on, like the TV stuff. Yeah. And I knew that you had a little bit of that background with the other brokerage you were at. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how could we utilize her and how could we really um, exploit Quincy? <laughs> we want to exploit her, right? Yeah. Sounds um, <laughs> it sounds fucking <laughs> terrible, right? Um, but <clears throat> when, when we thought about that, we really didn't have a plan in place, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like any in our, in our plan, we have one now, but it's like when it kind of gets shifted and adjusted, I feel like you are so easily you're so capable of adapting mm-hmm. right and and the one thing that i feel like a lot of people struggle with and that's number one being in front of the camera you know a lot of people struggle with that it's very common uh and hey, thanks Fernando. yeah thank you appreciate everybody, that everybody everybody, <laughs> everybody. That. everyone does uh and even i mean you have your moments everybody does mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but we we did a house tour yesterday was it yesterday yeah, yeah. It was yesterday and i was so relieved because I knew we did one in the past, but I wasn't really working with you on that one. I was just kind of there, right? And and then this one, I got to see like how refined you were at presenting items. Mm-hmm. And now I look at you, and I don't look at you like a real estate agent anymore. I really look at you kind of like somebody who could, you know, like, like a good spokesperson, yeah. right? And and I don't want to say like Wheel of Fortune girl. Oh, like, Vanna White, like, dude. She was my <laughs> idol when I was younger. My dad fucking loved Wheel of Fortune. We used to watch it every time it was on. You know, and they're yeah. like presenting the product. All about it. <laughs> you know, All but, about it. But, but, but. I do a really good Yeah, thing. but we, we're editing the video today in the footage, and, and, and Daniel can put a little clip up, but we, uh, we're editing the footage, and just the way you presented the living, the great room in the property, you're like, and there's a, uh, uh, the dining room, and it flows into the, living room and it's I'm where like, my dancing came into okay. play. So <clears throat> no, that is something that is a skill that takes time to develop. Right. And I'm, I'm happy that you're able to u- utilize that right now mm-hmm. because we have a lot of plans with the company and a lot of plans for, uh, I guess grabbing attention, mm-hmm. right. Where those skills can be utilized and we can exploit those skills. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're, you're okay with the that. elephant in the room. <laughs> It's just because I'm cute. That's what you're saying. I know. I get it. Fine. But it's but 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 I'm telling you, it's a it's a skill, and not a lot of people have that. And and we are really really happy and appreciative that you're able to use that for something more than just selling houses, right? Because we see those yeah. reality shows like Selling Sunset is that the mm-hmm. one? Selling Sunset, and you have these like really good looking blondes, good looking attractive people on TV, but you don't really know if they're able to perform and sell houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know a lot of them can't read. Can't even read a contract, man. Yeah. Can't yeah. write one up. So. <clears throat> yeah. And, and that's good that you're able to actually not only look the part, but, but, but play the part. Yeah. Right. And, and I and, wouldn't and do anything do less, yeah. honestly. But yeah. I mean, that's another thing too, is my dad always said, fake it till you make it. So whether or not I'm hundred percent good at it, I'm going to pretend like I am. Yeah. And I think that's honestly why I've been so good at kind of stepping into that role yeah. of being that spokesperson and, mm-hmm. and stepping in and doing the home yeah. tours just right off the bat. Like it just makes sense. Yeah. Because with somebody like me, I get irritated very easily because I think like this is easy. Just look at the camera and say what you're supposed to say, mm-hmm. right? But when they're not able to do that, Alan, I have videos. Like no, I have videos of Alan right and now. I at Toll Brothers a year and a half ago, and I'm like, and I'm like trying to do my thing, and Alan's in the background with the, with the gimbal and the camera, and he's like, what, what do I say? And I'm like, God damn it, just say it. <laughs> and I'm like yelling at my yeah. phone. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but no, that's a skill in real estate. We always have to go outside of our comfort zone in order to be successful. In order to push ourselves, challenge ourselves, and get to the next level, and I feel like a lot of agents they use that fear as an excuse, and I hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. I hear this with agents on the team. I hear this with people that that I know. One of our good friends, um, he's uh, uh, getting into the 
development role. He's been developing properties. He's also a builder. He's also a house flipper, Philip Garcia. Yep. And we had a talk yesterday about it because you called I, me today. Actually, that's <clears> funny. We had a talk yesterday about it, and uh, when we were heading to Toll Brothers, and we were talking about, hey, we have a thirty-minute show we're going to put together, and it's going to feature not only just listings that we're offering to the market, but also interviewing with builders and developers and talking all things real estate here in Utah as far as what's going on and how our state is looking on a development level with real estate. And I asked him, hey, we want to get you on there. And he used the same excuse I hear from everybody. I like to stay low key. Right? <laughs> and Why? I don't like that. Me either. No, I don't, because they're so capable and they have so much potential. But that I feel like that fear of being in the public eye, mm -hmm. they, they use that and they use the being low key. As an excuse. Well, people can be mean on social media and stuff, too. I mean, like you were talking about it the other day. I mean, just yesterday you were mentioning when we were talking about YouTube, he's like, all right, just be prepared for the comments because there's a like button and a dislike button. Yeah. It's yep. the only platform. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah. My, so my all good right. friend Brad, he has a coach for social media mm -hmm. and he does really well on social media and it's all organic growth and he's done really well. And he's got the, he knows the algorithm and blah, 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 right? He does really well. But he was saying, uh, his coach always tells him YouTube is the most savage platform because it's the only one with a dislike button mm -hmm. and no other platforms have a dislike button and uh, people have big egos and they mm -hmm. can't take it when people don't like them. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's an issue that should be addressed. We talked about mental health in the last podcast. I feel like that's a big part of it where you care too much about what other people think and it mm -hmm. stops you from doing things that you should and you want to do, Yeah. but you don't because you let that fear of what is this person going to think of me? Well, who really cares, honestly? Because social media at this point, it's all fake for the most part. It is part. all yeah. fucking like, fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like nobody is showing you their real life. No one's showing you their bad days. No one's showing you like what they look like without makeup on in the morning. I know I'm sure as hell not going to, but like at the same time, like you have to just accept it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's a big deal. And if you can overcome that, I feel like you can do anything because yeah. that is the number one thing that holds people back is giving a fuck about what other people think. People that have okay. nothing to do with your life. People whose opinion does not matter. Yeah. Right? And there's too much of that going around. And that's why I love the podcast. And I got hit up with people always hit me up about the stuff that we say here because we're just so real. And I'm kind of vulgar. Yeah, it's just a little me. bit. A little bit. It's just me. You know, they say that people that swear are actually more intelligent. It's true. Well, there you go. It's true. Let, it be, let it be known. It's so true. It really is. <laughs> it's true. It really is. You know, Scientific I teach my facts. kids that as well. I let them, I let my son know, hey, do not drop those bombs, those F-bombs, don't do it. And he doesn't, you know, he's smart. But I let him know the only reason why I think you should use those words is to describe something really important, mm -hmm. right? Or something you feel extremely passionate about. That's when you use words like that. If you drop them in sentences over nonsense, mm -hmm. you sound stupid. Sometimes, right? yeah. But if you're passionate about what you're saying, you know, I think it is important to utilize a word that not a lot of people, not a lot of people use, but that can get the point across. And sometimes using vulgar language is how you do it. Yep. You know? Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of that on this podcast. <laughs> so it comes from me most of the time. No, you drop some F-bombs here and there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, getting back to, to, to your real estate career, I mean, you started, um, you've been to three brokerages an hour or two. Uh, three. Yeah, this is the third. So I started at Coldwell. I was there for a really short amount of time. And then I had the opportunity to go to my next bro brokerage and be on TV. <clears> and <throat> honestly, like we've already talked about, like being on camera is natural to me. Speaking in front of people is natural to me. So having that opportunity seemed really awesome. So I jumped over there, uh, utilized everything I could out of it, and I'm ready for the next step. And uh, I think this is it. So. Yeah, yeah. I know this is it. I'll tell you right now. I know it. 
I know it. This is it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we've, <coughs> obviously, we deal with a lot of challenges in our company here and there, and we had a talk the other day, and you were reminding me of who we were and what the game plan was, and I thanked you for that, and I really felt good after we had that talk, and I was thinking, like, damn, she's so right. Like, Alan and I, we have such big hearts, and we help so many people, but we had this conversation with one of the agents that we let go of a while ago, and that was we cannot be committed to someone's success more than they are. And there are too many people in this game that look for mentors and coaches who are committed to their success more than they are, and they take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. They take advantage of their time, take advantage of their money, their investment, and all the opportunities they provide, and they never look and point the finger at themselves. You know, it's always their fault. It's their fault, their fault. And there's too many of that shit that goes on, you know, and and, and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a team, when you have uh, employees, right? We don't have employees here. Everyone here is a business partner. We don't look at them like they're under us. You know, everyone here is equal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I feel like these people do. They, they, they jump on teams. They jump into real estate. They come from an employee, employer background. And they take that same mentality where they feel like, well, these things should be handed to me because it's part of my job. Tell me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is such bullshit. Dude, I feel like we had, a lot, we had quite a few people actually on the team <coughs> that actually needed a lot of that hand-holding and that babying. You know, we had one, one guy that we had to... He'd want people to call them, call him in the morning just to come to work. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Wake him up. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, don't, don't they have alarm clocks for that? Your phone <laughs> has got one built in. Yeah. You needed children. <laughs> Daddy Fernando children. to call him. Yeah. No, I would never do that. I've done it to a few people in the team. That's because I wanted to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that like at random times, three, four in the morning. I think I talk to you sometimes at two, yeah. three in the morning. <laughs> you really do. You call yeah. him. At two My or sleep three in the is morning. so you messed up. You actually answer? Yeah, I wake up. I'm like, who's he's calling? Up, he's up like me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sleep either. It's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it is. When you care about your business, you're always thinking about it, right? You're yep. always thinking about it. It never leaves you. You're always eat, sleeping, and breathing your business, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we are here, you know. Um, but yeah, no, we are making a lot of changes here in the company, and I'm happy because I feel like having you here is really helping propel. Um, reasons why we're yeah. looking to leave the company. <clears throat> and a lot of that is, has to do with our dream and our vision and not really aligning with where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll make that announcement soon. And uh, we're well, all really happy about that. I think you kind of already announced it right now. I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Bye-bye yeah. <laughs> boutique brokerage, right? See ya. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they serve their purpose. Yeah. You know, they serve their purpose. Um, but getting back to you and, and, and your real estate career, I mean, mm-hmm. do you see yourself doing this long term? I mean, I mean, what, what, what do you see for yourself in the future? Totally. Honestly. So like I was kind of I was talking about earlier, my mom has been a real estate agent for forever. I've watched her do it and seen what she's gone through. And I was like, gosh, that seems difficult. But I mean, at the same point, like now that I'm in it and I know how to do it, I'm like, damn, like, why didn't I get into this before? Like, I could have had such a head start if I had just jumped on the train with my mom. But at the same time, you have to realize, like, everything's putting you in a position to get you to where you need to be. And had I jumped into real estate right away and I didn't have that opportunity to show horses and go be in pageants and do, you know, the speaking engagements and work for the Diesel Brothers with TV and, and you know, go up to Deer Valley and do all these hospitality things and work with millionaires and billionaires, like, how am I supposed to know how to do that now in real estate when that's where I want to propel my career? Like, I, but that's the other thing, too, is... I'll help literally everybody because that's what it comes to in my heart is helping people 100%. So whether or not somebody needs to buy a $200,000 condo or we want to go shopping for $20 million, you know, mansions in Park City, like I'm all for it, but I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to learn all of those skills along the way to make me who I am today. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm a way better agent. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really important. And having that fear, or, um, 
I guess the the lack of the fear of public speaking, mm-hmm. the lack of the fear of being in the spotlight, the lack of fear of uh, networking and talking to people, which is extremely valuable in this career. Yeah. Um, Especially when they're higher up than you in, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when someone's successful and they've made it and you're, uh, you know, me being humble and my humble beginnings being a server up in Deer Valley. And I'm like, gosh, like <clears throat> you guys just make an inconceivable amount of money. But yet we're still conversating just as we would any other time. You know what I mean? And kind of understanding that everybody is still human Mm -hmm. and serving celebrities Mm -hmm. and stuff too. Like that gets people jazzed just like being on camera. It's the same kind of a thing when you serve a celebrity. You're like, oh my God, like I don't want to mess up, but it doesn't matter because they're still people. Exactly. Once you understand that people are people, you can work with anybody. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty about, I feel like when you are, because for example, I had that same thing happen to me before when when I worked at Little America Hotel as a room service. Mm -hmm. And I would deliver food to people. And I got to meet all the NBA players. I got to meet a bunch of actors and et cetera. And the one thing I took away, because before I would put them on a whole other pedestal, like mm-hmm. they're above me or better than me or whatever it might be. But then after I got to know a lot of them, I realized, dude, they are just average people just yeah. like me. Mm-hmm. And we could have a normal conversation <coughs> with each other, et cetera. Um, so I feel like that was one of those defining moments like in life where you're like, they're no more. They're I'm. They're no better than me. That I'm better than them, et cetera. You know, we're e- we're both. We're all created equal. Yeah, right. and they. I feel like the majority of them don't like when you treat them like they're better they than you. Don't. They yeah. don't. They really don't. They want to be treated just like everybody else. Because when no. you run up to them, oh my god, oh my god, and you start freaking out, yeah. they're like, Jesus, here goes again. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the hair industry for a long time, almost mm-hmm. sixteen years, and uh, I had the opportunity to work for the jazz as a, a stylist, a barber. And I traveled a lot of the players, did a lot of haircuts for a lot of people. And uh, I always noticed that these guys are just like me, you know, and a yeah. lot of them were hood like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had some good conversations and some good times, actually. Um, but no, I, 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 I love that having that opportunity to mingle with those types of people, because I, I, I feel like when you come from an uh, environment that's kind of like, you know, poverty, mm-hmm. you know, or where you have this and everybody has this where they feel less than mm-hmm. a lot of people have that where they struggle with where, oh, I'm not good enough. Right. But then you meet these people and they have similar stories, you know, similar backgrounds. And I was lucky enough to be able to do that and be sponsored by Nike and cut hair and get checks by Nike, which is pretty cool. That's dope. Um, and, and just mingle with these people whose net worth is well over $100, $200 million. Mm-hmm. And then just to see how easy they were to communicate with, you know, um, I just feel like it was such a humbling experience. I didn't take advantage of it to the fullest extent. They make you sign these fucking non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't like market while you're back, you know, behind the yeah. scenes and doing stuff. <clears throat> uh, but I, I enjoyed every minute of it, you know, but it does, it helps you in your real estate career mm-hmm. because you'll meet people who might be shopping for a million dollar plus homes. Right. And those guys will have egos. Yeah. A lot of them will. Sometimes. And if you're used to being around those people, you know how to vibe with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know how to vibe with them, um, which is a uh, asset. It's a huge asset in real estate Yeah. that, you know, I talk to people who tell us tell me um you know hey you guys should tone down your marketing you guys are probably driving away uh clients stuff like that because of how in in your face we are Mm -hmm. right but we don't look at it that way and i've always looked at in real estate that you will always find your crowd you will always find the people like you to work with you you will develop your sphere of influence um depending on who you are what kind of person you are and uh i don't feel like there's a need to act fake or put on a front yeah just you know? be you. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, it's really important. Um, but no, we're really happy that you're with us now. Really happy to be working with Billy. Mm-hmm. You know, Billy is, is <laughs> Billy, 
<laughs> that guy's always on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him out right now. <laughs> What's it? You guys just got so back on vacation. <laughs> we're going to leave on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, as long as you're doing your part, that's all that matters. Yeah. You have to enjoy life. Life is too short. Well, but that's the thing, though. I have pictures of Billy literally on our honeymoon. <clears throat> we had just gotten married. We went to the bar after to have a drink and just kind of like spend some time. Goddamn guy's on the phone. He's working <laughs> on our honeymoon. Like, all the moments that you think are supposed to be super special. Thankfully, I made him leave his phone away, like, away during the ceremony because he yeah. probably would have been working during that too if he had an opportunity. But he is so dedicated. So no matter where we are, he'll stop. We were playing golf in at Pelican Hill, at, which is like a world-renowned, amazing golf course. He stopped multiple times because his clients are more important. So yes, we do go out and we do some fun things like that, but work comes first and taking care of people comes first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there would be no Pelican Hill Right. Without the clients, <laughs> right? Right. right? It's really important. Um, but yeah, no, anyways, what are we drinking? Where's the, we give you that bottle. Where's that? Tequila. Oh, Daniel coming out here? Oh, we got a bartender. Oh, where is that? Um, We should have that um, sound effect of tequila in the background. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? We've got some tequila. sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some sound All right, what is this here? This is, uh, no, just don't do the one that you did on Jesse's podcast. I listened to that yesterday. <laughs> That's my favorite one. What are you talking no. about? <laughs> No, no, we won't do that with a Don't woman. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Daniel came up with that. Did you? Skills. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but no, I mean, getting back to real estate and getting back to your career, um, you said you didn't see yourself doing this. I didn't really, just because I, you know, it just didn't seem like it was something that was my track. Like I wanted to kind of pave my own way and do something that way. But when I met Billy. And we got married. He's like, hey, you should get your real estate license because naturally we're just going to have people, you know, when, when he doesn't have an agent that's already committed to somebody and he has someone just randomly call him, yeah. why not utilize that money and keep it in our household? Mm -hmm. So I got it and uh, you know, kind of just I hit the ground running, really. We did a lot of deals for friends. I've helped out a lot of people. And that was really the main goal in the beginning was to just do it for friends and family so that I could, you know, save a little bit on commissions for those people that really mattered to me. And, and now it's kind of graduated and continues to do that. I'm still doing deals, helping people, making sure that they have money for their down payments to an extent, helping with closing costs. I mean, obviously I can't work for free, but I do, I do my best to make sure that I take care of people. Good. So it just kind of, it naturally happened. So when we got married, like being a lender and an agent, it kind of just made sense. And, um, I had an actual job. Um, I worked at Onset Financial before and I absolutely loved that job. It was great. I loved working for the, the CEO there and he was amazing. And, you know, when COVID hit, everything kind of took a turn and we all got sent home and my position was kind of not on top priority list being a, an executive assistant, personal assistant to the CEO just didn't really fit that. So when I got let go, um, it was July of last year and I, I literally just full steam ahead. And last year was so good for real estate, as you guys know, it was amazing. So kind of just, you know, hitting the ground running with that and continuing it now, it just makes perfect sense. And it's the perfect position. And I keep thinking about you know, how the stars have aligned and it's got me to where I need to be. And now I'm not only utilizing my skills that I've had from other industries and doing it in real estate, but now I'm kind of transitioning that into doing the spokesman stuff for you guys and being on Fox and, and doing stuff for the place. And like, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm so grateful. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest thank you I could possibly get. If you get a, I'm so grateful, like a genuine, I'm so grateful from you. Yeah. I guess. That is. That's, that, that's just sincere. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Serious. We busted our ass to get to this point. Yeah. We busted our ass to get to this point. To, to, to have the affiliation with a network like Fox is a big deal. Yeah. And to get that took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and to continue to get that. And these guys are not going to let you just put something on TV that is not going to help their viewership. Right. right? And that's why anything we put up there has to be really good content. Mm -hmm. And that 30 minute show that we're talking about is going to have to be extremely high production value. Right. Yep. And that's why it's not something we're going to slap together just to put on TV. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. And they won't allow it. So <clears throat> it's really good. And again, you're doing great at that job. Thanks. You're great at that position, which is good because we tried a little bit of it. We did it over here. I know I would be fine at it, <laughs> but the problem was I'm not actively selling real estate right now, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like you have a better hand on the market. I would hate to be one of those guys that are up there doing market reports and this and that when I'm not actively selling, mm -hmm. you know, you have to have your hands in the market to know what's really going on. Um, so I'm really happy that you're doing that and Chris is helping with that and other people on the team have been trying to get the training in place so they can help with that, which will be really well, which, which will be really great. But we're going to need all the, the help we can get to boost the brand to the next level where we're not only just known here in Utah, but all over the country, mm -hmm. you know, and eventually all over the world. Yeah, it's always been the, the, the plan. I mean, the goal from day one. Yeah, it was hey, we don't want to just start, you know, stay small and have a cute, cute, cute little team, et cetera. Like, hey, we want to be nation, nationwide. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what it's all about. You know, we proved ourselves in the current company where we're at. You know, we were there for what, a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. We became the number one team in the whole freaking state. You know, now it's on to the next chapter. And here we, here we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, what kind of challenges have you faced in real estate? Have you had any real big, estate. crazy cha challenges in real estate? Have you any clients backing out of deals? Have you have any, anybody? Alan, you had some people who did, didn't even show up to closing, right? Yeah, that happened actually one time. Wow. Yeah. How'd that happen? <clears throat> Went through the whole thing, actually. Inspection, appraisal, you name it, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then the day of closing, maybe like a couple hours before, they got cold feet. Dang. They got cold feet, didn't show up, and just said, hey, I don't, I don't want it. I'm like, what? Huh? Why waste all that time? And money. Um, exactly, you know. And we were under contract originally one time before. She ended up backing out. I'm like, all right, you know, that'll happen. You're not happy with it, whatever the reason may be. We found another one. Same thing. Week, a week later, back down. I'm like, dude, I don't want to waste your time or my time. Like, if you're committed to a property, I always want to put myself in the seller's shoes. Mm -hmm. I never want a buyer to string me along or waste my time, mm -hmm. you know? And because especially if they're trying to buy another home too, and I don't want to cause that domino effect. I don't want to be the reason for that. Yeah. So that's well, I mean, I that's your reputation on the line too. You can't let your clients sadly influence that for you because. Bingo. And, yeah. and you, you know, you hit the nail, the nail right on the head. Like your reputation <clears throat> is everything in real estate, you know, like if we have a bad experience with an agent and they don't do a good job or they end up doing some shady stuff, mm -hmm. the odds are you're probably going to run into him or her later on down the road. And if you have a couple of multiple offers in front of you, are you going to go with that agent right there? Probably not. Nope. And it has nothing to do with him or her. It has everything to do with your client. Cause I'm trying to do everything I possibly can to help my client. And if I get any signs of they're going to be wishy washy or they're not committed, you're cut. I am not, we are not going with your offer, mm -hmm. but yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens, dude. Yeah, it happens. There's so many ups and downs mm -hmm. in not only entrepreneurship, but real estate, right? There's so many ups and downs. And, and <laughs> I've been talking about it with the wife. She's like, Hey, you should start prospecting again. Cause I feel like I did really good on the phones. We had some really good times oh, yeah. prospecting and <laughs> Alan is so good at holding people hostage on the phone <laughs> and not letting them get off the phone. <laughs> we, we recorded some of those yeah, calls. I too. got a bunch of them. Dude. We, yeah. We, we got to pull them up cause it'd be really good for training, but a lot of people give up too easy. Um, and we didn't, we come from a background where we really cherished and valued these leads that we had and we did not let them go until they told us to stop 
calling, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take me off your list. Yeah. <clears throat> but a lot of people give it too easily. And I feel like when they finally have it, they finally have it. They think that the job is done. You know, oh, I have a client now. And that's when it's really getting started. Right. And that's when the real stress rolls in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, dude, so many sleepless nights. And again, I haven't been doing real estate for too long, but I've had those deals where it's like, is it going to happen? Is it going to go through? I had a deal when COVID hit mm-hmm. and the lender, uh, the lending company we're working with, they uh, adjusted some of their guidelines right in the middle of the contract. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. And, and we had one lender who couldn't get the job done. They had to transfer it two days before closing to another lender. That lender was creative and he got it done. Yeah, he did. He got it done, I think, in five days. Mm-hmm. And we saved the day and I was so happy and I was so pumped. But I remember the feeling that I had and it was really bad. I mean, I felt bad. I felt stressed. I felt almost like this like depression. I was like, oh my God, this is. And you blame yourself as the agent. Mm-hmm. You always put yourself in, uh, you, put, you always blame yourself. Like, everything is always your fault. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's always your fault. Even when it's not your fault, you still feel like it's your fault. Yeah. And that level of stress is almost unbearable for people. And I feel like that's why there's such a big turnover rate in real estate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get their license and a lot of people don't renew their license. Right. And I think maybe COVID might have played a big part in that where people, <laughs> looked at that situation and said, oh my God, I can't go outside. I can't sell houses. I need to stay in home. I need to take a break. And then they let their license lapse, right? I wonder what those numbers are. We should probably find those and see how many people actually renewed their license. But I feel like not a lot of people did, right? But real estate, you're right, has been really great in Utah. Mm -hmm. I feel like Utah has always been like number one, number two, top five states in the nation when it comes to real estate. You know, our economy here is always really strong. Always. And that's why we're so lucky, lucky to live here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extremely lucky. But Quincy, talk yes. to me about family. Talk to me about how you became you, parents, brothers and sisters. Do you have siblings? I do. I have one brother and then I have a handful of stepbrothers and sisters. They all live on the East Coast. So my one brother lives here. Um, we're, we're definitely close. We don't spend as much time as I'd like to, but he's, he's a good dude. He builds pools. So if anybody wants okay. to have a pool built, let me know. Reach out. <laughs> and he's here in Utah? Yeah, he's here in Utah. Oh, snap. Yeah. I have somebody Dope. right now. The Let's company that he, he was going to put a deposit on, waited yeah. all winter to, 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 to get to this point, mm-hmm. got to this point, and uh, the company closed. No. So I have a client for him. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll send his contact after. Yeah. For sure. Um, so family life, home life has always been good. You guys always had issues. I know that you told me your parents divorced. They did. Mm-hmm. Here again. Do that, you're gonna dig into there. I mean, what the hell happened? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say what the hell happened, but um, so my parents divorced when I was 10, yeah, and it was tough because I was totally a daddy's girl. I mean, I had just done all of my horse showing, and like we had been traveling the country doing all these wonderful things, and then all of a sudden he up and leaves, and I'm like, what in the fuck happened? Like, I remember being 10 years old sitting at home, my mom had gone to bed, and I couldn't sleep. I went, this is so silly. Sorry, dad, don't cry. Um, I put out a picture of my dad almost like it was a memorial. And I sat it on the ground and I put candles all around it and lit it. And I sat there and cried. I missed him so much already when they got divorced. And I was like, I just didn't understand. Because I was totally a kid that like, as soon as I hit 10, they got divorced. I was instant adult, 100%. Ask anybody that knows me. I was a kid until that point. So that's probably why like, you know, I just have such stability and drive because it started at such a young age of like, okay, well now I got to take care of my mom. Like I'm watching her go through such a terrible, you know, situation of she's just distraught and so sad. And then watching my little brother and he was only six. And so he had no idea what was going on, of course, you know, but, um, we lived that like back and forth life for a while. And my dad was great. He was always 
always awesome. He'd show up to school and he had a, a Dodge Stealth, you know, the tiny yeah, that was a cool car. Stealth, right? Yeah. So he shows up to pick me up from elementary school one day with a goddamn pony in the front seat. I'm not kidding you. He put a pony in the front seat of the car, rolled down the window. The ponies like are two seaters. They have two little oh, bucket yeah. seats, right? Uh-huh. Bucket yeah. seat, two little tiny car. Yeah. So he'd like the ponies just you know neighing at me as I'm walking out from school. I'm like, that's so awesome. So. You know, as far as like family life goes, everything was really good. My parents were amazing. Um, My dad was great. My mom was great. I have literally no complaints about the way that they raised me. But um, I found out when I was 13, I could tell my family was kind of keeping secrets. Like from the moment they got divorced, I'm like, well, what happened? Like everybody was so good. We were a good family. Like what's the deal? And we're like, oh, it just, we just didn't work out. I'm like, okay, well, we didn't work out, but why? I wanted to know why. And so why has always been a question. I think that's why I got into psychology and sociology because I just wanted to know why. Mm And when I was 13, it finally, you know, came out that my dad was gay. And to me, it was like, okay. Like, it, it didn't yeah, bug me. Big deal. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, like, that's that's your choice. Like, love who you want to love, do your thing. But the hard part was, is when I went to school, people started treating me differently. Because I w- it was a small community, and my dad was in the horse industry, and it was, you know, a lot of people kind of knew who he was already. So when that happened, uh, everybody started treating me like I was kind of the plague, like, oh, you're lesbian, you're going to be like, oh, don't touch me because you'll give me that. Like, it was still such a stigma at that time yeah. that it it did cause, it caused me to kind of like recluse and just like go in. So I've always kind of been to myself. I, I yeah. to this day, really I like tell. to be alone. <clears throat> like I, I don't need, I love people, but I don't need people. Like I can easily live my life with my dogs and I'd be stoked. Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. sounds crazy. And Billy's always like, why don't you want to be around people? Like, why don't you reach out more? And I'm like, you know what? I really appreciate my alone time. I appreciate going in and meditating and really thinking about myself and how I can better myself. And, and I, I need that. I need that for myself yeah. and my sanity. So, yeah, no, that's important. And when I do say what the hell happened, here's, here's why I say that, because like I said, a lot of people don't wear their challenges on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Right. And you never really know about that when you meet them. Right. And get to know them. And mm-hmm. too many people put that front on and they carry that front on way too damn long where you feel like these people are perfect. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think it's really easy with social media nowadays yeah. to look at people's <laughs> social media profiles and think that, oh, my God, their life is so perfect. Oh, they're so much better than me. Da, 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 da. But when you hear and it's important to hear stories like that, because that's a big challenge. I think a lot of people don't grow yeah. up with and they don't not see at that time. Yeah, it was still that super time. taboo. Like it, people didn't talk about it. There was not gay pride festivals that. That was not a thing at that yeah, time. Yeah. So. Do you go to the gay pride festivals? Yeah, I've been to them. Yeah. Like, I didn't go the last couple the of years, but no, I haven't gone on the yeah. float. <laughs> that's for men only. No, yeah, no, that's, that's not me. But I, I have gone with my dad and um, his partner, and we, yeah. you know, we'd go, and we'd, we bought a dog there. We, like, we rescued a dog. So that's the one thing I always remember is the gay pride festivals and just being with them and going to the different bars and kind of just, like, being around that different lifestyle. It was yeah. totally fun. We always yeah. had so much fun going to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm happy you have that relationship with your dad. Oh, totally. Yeah, because, again, growing up in Harriman, Utah, and we talked about that when we were there, you know, I heard, and I could be wrong, but I heard that a couple of the high schools there have the highest rate of suicide, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is attributed to that closed-minded mm-hmm. bullshit where people are not as accepting as maybe where Alan lives, downtown Salt Lake, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, where that probably is still taboo. And it's fucking 2021. I mean, my God, people, mind your fucking business. Literally. Wow. You know, like, if everybody Jesus would just Christ. do their thing yeah. and not give a fuck what everybody else does and just mind your business, literally, the world would be such a better place. <clears throat> like, all the shit that we're going through right now, like, I, I won't get into politics about it, but no. if everybody would just be a good person and and do the best for society as a whole, whatever that may be and whatever that looks like, yeah. you know, that's up for interpretation, obviously, and that's why everybody has issue, but just be a good person and live your life. Like, yeah. all you really need to do. 
Yeah. And, and going back to the social media thing, like I feel like that has put a damper on people's ability to become vulnerable because yeah. they have to put on this front because their social media looks that way, mm-hmm. you know, where, oh, everything is perfect and, and I'm so, so good and this and that. And uh, that cr- has created such a divide in yeah. people's minds. And I feel like that divide is so much uh, greater now or the belief that the divide is so much greater now mm-hmm. because of social media. When in reality, if people were more vulnerable, they would realize how close they really were, mm-hmm. even the most opposite. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Have you guys, what's that guy's name? Daniel, you might know this guy that, um, that, that black dude who infiltrated KKK. Yes, I know. His name. I got to look him up. The, the dude is a beast, hmm. but he made that extremely apparent where he would infiltrate KKK mm-hmm. and he would go to these rallies where they would actually burn crosses and stuff. Dang. And he's a black dude. And, uh, he, he's going to find it right now, but the dude, um, the dude would get to know these guys. And when they became vulnerable with them, they left the KKK because they realized like, Oh my God, you're just a regular dude. Like, why do we hate this guy? You know what I mean? And it's like, again, social media has put such a light on people's perfect life, Yeah, you know, and their false persona that they put on there. And what's his name? No, that's the movie. (laughs) That's a movie about somebody else. Daryl Davis, that guy, shout out to to Daryl Davis. We got to put up his, I think he has a book written about that. Um, but no, I, I feel like that story is, is definitely not the same, but when it comes to the struggle that your father dealt with, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that he got a lot of bullshit from yeah. people in that community. Yeah. I just feel like that, that, that divide wouldn't be as great if people were just more vulnerable, Totally, you know? And yeah. And just being honest about things and having a conversation and not being intimidated. That's the one thing that like, I experienced this yesterday. I talked to my dad. I went over there to pick up my dog. And uh, he's like, hey, so, you know, there's a lot of people that are talking about you in real estate and there's so many people that want you to help them. I have a couple of people that are in mind from, you know, potentially selling their house and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Let's do it. But it was a, a couple that he was talking about. They're older. They're in their, their late 60s, early 70s. And the lady was like, I would love to work with your daughter. I'm just not sure if I can. And my dad was like, well, why not? Like, she's, you've known her her whole life. Like, why wouldn't you work yeah. with her? It's like, she's just so pretty. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> let's not go down that road. Just go without but makeup. You know what? Just go without makeup. It's true, but you never know. And that's that's honestly been, if I have to say there's a struggle in real estate, that's been my biggest struggle is when you're meeting these new clients, especially when you're going on these lead calls and you're going to meet people the first time, you don't really know much about them, truly. I mean, you know a little bit about them mm-hmm. from your conversations, but you don't know what they're going to look like when you show up, right? So when I show up, I mean, you guys know, I always dress fancy. Like, yeah. that's, that's my thing. I just like to, I like to look good. I like yeah. to be presentable and and be to the nines all the time. Like I, I like it. I've Dolly Parton's my freaking idol. So I want to be like her forever. So like showing up to appointments though, and I'd go up and I, I was showing a million dollar home a few months ago and the guy was super sweet. We got along really well. It was really nice. He's like, I really love this home. I would love to have, you know, my wife come look at it again. Can we meet it tomorrow? And I was like, absolutely. I'll be here tomorrow. So I show up and I was in a, a full suit. I had, I was completely covered up. I had a turtleneck on, I had long pants on and, um, she looked at me and she gave me the dirtiest fucking look I've ever seen and literally like just disregarded me the entire time we were there. I was trying to have conversation with her. I even was trying to like, you know, make it a little bit lighter and mention my husband and mention my stepson and trying to say things that like, hey lady, I'm not here to steal your husband. Yeah. Like uh, the, this is a real estate <clears throat> transaction. I'm trying to help you buy this house. And she was so off-putting and so rude to me that I lost the deal because the guy would not work with me after that, unfortunately, because his wife wouldn't let him. So that's honestly been my biggest struggle is, is understanding that not everybody's going to want to work with you and it's not always a good fit, but 
honestly, I'm the sweetest person. Like I truly just love everybody and I'm s- I can tell. And and I'm telling you, I can see right past that bullshit. Yeah. I really can. I'm not even joking. I can see right past the bullshit. I've always been that kind of person. I remember I come from the beauty industry. Okay, I dealt with a school with over 40 women Mm -hmm. and 21 employees that were all women. I think we had one guy here and there, right? They were usually gay, okay? Um, So women, (laughs) they they, they were like girls, right? They love wearing makeup and stuff. And I love that. It's fun. Uh, But, you know, just uh, uh, I see right through that, okay? And, And I knew that when I met you. And I think I even... I think I try to have conversations like you or with you about stuff like that. We haven't really had the opportunity yet, mm-hmm. but dude, I can see right through that bullshit. You're just a <laughs> fucking human being like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I just, I genuinely care. And my heart is bigger than any other, you know, I, it's bigger than my ego. It's bigger than literally yeah. everything. I just want to help people. So when I, when I hear that people don't want to work with me just because I may appear a certain way or they're intimidated by me or, Oh, she must only do luxury now because she's getting well known. Like that's not the case. Like I'm, I literally just want to help people. That's yeah. I, no, you, you got clients <laughs> in the 300s and the 200s. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, over. And yeah I, you treat that's them the same. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I treat everybody like I would treat anybody else. But yeah, that's that's honestly been my biggest struggle. I can see that being a struggle for a lot of women in real estate. Right? Yeah, me too. I didn't a, think about a, that. A lot of women in real estate who, who hold themselves to a high standard and take care of themselves, they have to remember this, even clients, this is an image industry. Would you like your agent to show up in flip-flops and over oversized jeans, yeah. you know, Dude, and like I've, a dirty I've t-shirt. Seen, like, seen that all. Oh, we've seen that, oh, right? 100%. Yeah, 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 we've seen Wets that. and everything. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, Put some pride into yourself and what you're doing for these people. You're going to make a huge commission check off of this deal. Present yourself that way. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they deserve it, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, you have to dress for success, mm-hmm. right? And that's such an old saying, but it's so true. And in real estate, it's very true. Yeah. And there are too many people who I feel like, I'm not saying they don't appreciate that money, but you know what? It's okay to show off a little bit mm-hmm. of your success. And there are the clients who appreciate that. Yeah. And there are, there are the clients who like that, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure that you've worked with them before because I would, myself, would never show up to a property, not dress the part, mm-hmm. right? I want people to know who the real estate agent is when they meet us, yeah. okay? And, and we've seen that before. I've seen that at showings. And you've seen it at showings, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know people who still don't take it that seriously, and they don't dress the part and they don't look the part and they don't look professional and you would never know who's the agent when you're with the, with the clients. Right. And I feel like that's not good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> does that happen to you when you go to do a showing and they're all walking out together as you're doing the bypass mm-hmm. and you're like looking around to see like, Hey, who am I doing a key handoff with? Are we exactly. going to do the key exactly. boxing? Which, which one is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. That's my son calling me. He might have something fun to say. Speakerphone. I'm going to tell him to text me. Yeah, there we go. Huh. Anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> yeah. Family stuff. <laughs> Isn't that where the sound effects come in? <laughs> yeah. Daniel's sleeping over there. Um, but no, so, uh, okay, so going back to you um, and yourself and your career, um, do you see yourself taking on more of a, a spokesperson role? Is that something that you're looking forward to? I'm definitely looking forward to it. A hundred percent. I don't think I'll ever stop doing real estate transactions just cause I love it. Honestly, like it's been the position where I felt the most at home. So doing that, like, I don't think we'll ever leave, but like I said, I think I've kind of, I don't think I've reached a pinnacle by any means. Like there's always room to grow in real estate and there's never a, you know, it's glass ceiling. You yeah. just break through and you keep going. Yep. But 
you know, when it comes to the other side of it, like being the spokesperson for something and, and helping UVO grow and, and spread, you know, across the nation and being that person that people get to talk to about it, like makes me so jazzed. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Totally. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, dude, thank you for coming in. Sure. Obviously, thank you for, for bringing that 1942. I probably Welcome. shouldn't have had so much. I know. Me too, man. <laughs> I, came in, I came in here full, full of energy. I just literally came back from the hospital too. I just had my baby girl the other day. <clears throat> and we were just discharged, uh, I mean, earlier today. Yeah. I'm like, pumped, you know, pumped, you know, my, my first kid. Um, and then I come over here and they give me, you know, a little drink of 1942. And now I'm like, just straight up, just chilling, relaxing. <laughs> you knew that was going to happen. I you mentioned there, it before. You're like, it sweating. could be. You got the gluten not. sweats. It could go either way. <laughs> I'm like, either I get really, really talkative or I just get really quiet and chill. Is there gluten in that? I have no idea. I sure I don't not. think so. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not. agave. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, it is a guy, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much to Don Julio, and uh, thank you so much, Quince, for being here. Uh, we're going to do this a lot, and also uh, we look forward to uh, presenting you and everything else that we're doing on Fox. Uh, thank you, Alan, for being here today. Um, Daniel, thank you for being Bro, can you pick up a, pick, pick out a camera, please, so we can buy one? Okay, so we can get get him on here so one he can talk. One year and, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to do that stupid thing. I already know it. <laughs> All right, well. Perfect. Awesome, guys. We will see you again next week. I think I'm playing chess. I see a king. I'm at his neck. I'm three steps ahead of every move. Now that's a check. Yes, they want to know my secret. It's because I never slept. All my nightmares of me at 40 life's a wreck. See my dad.